With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. May you let us rejoice and be glad in it. You're listening to Missionaries for Christ, Word of Faith Church. This is Bible Class Hour. Good evening to everybody. Good evening. Good evening. Amen. Amen. All right, all right. Um, this evening we geared up for Bible class and Pastor Lena's teaching part two of her lesson that she started last week. And let us begin with the word of prayer. God and Father, we come on today, God, to tell you thank you. Thank you, God, for allowing us another opportunity uh, to come together, Father God, for Bible class. Pray now, God, that everybody, God, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray now, God, that you would touch and have mercy on those, Father God, that can't make it. Bless our teacher today, God. Crown her head with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that she might rightly divide your word of truth to your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Good evening, everyone. Good evening. As we continue our discussion, um, talking about what occurred after the resurrection. I thank God for Pastor on yesterday as he ministered the word of God to us. He um, ministered a lot of our message, a lot of our lessons um, through his message on yesterday as he talked about the things that happened after the resurrection. Um, after the resurrection, there was a very important period as Jesus was um, on the earth for 40 days, and as I was doing some research, it often talked about how he was making these various appearances. But one thing I've come to know, that everything that Jesus did had a purpose, had a specific purpose. Um, I like to just go back a little bit because I found something to be a little... It was kind of a little funny. I kind of had a little chuckle. If someone could find the book of John, the 20th chapter, and read verse number 7, this is something I've seen many times. I've heard ministers preach about, but I never saw it in this manner. That's John, the 20th chapter, verse number 7. As soon as you find it, someone can read. And the burial of uh, John 20 and 7. Go ahead. And the burial Go ahead. And the burial face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the other linen wrappings, but rolled up in a case by itself. Okay. So here, um, Thank you. And here at verse number seven, it talked about how Jesus left um, the napkin. He didn't just take it off and push it to the side, but he actually took the time to fold it up. So as I was researching, I found that um, in this old day and time, when a servant prepared dinner um, for people and um, he would wait out of sight, until they were done eating. And when they were done eating, if one of them took the napkin when they were done eating and just tossed it onto the table, that meant that dinner, the dinner was over, that they were complete, the setting was over. However, if they took the time, if the person took the time to roll the napkin, to fold the napkin and lay it uh, beside their plate, the message there was, I'm not finished yet. In other words, don't take my plate. 
uh, I want to go a few more rounds on this meal. And when I read that and in my research, what I found is that Jesus was given a message even as he got up from the grave. He left the napkin folded neatly to say that I'm not finished. Amen. He says that what I, my task that I have that was assigned to me is not complete. I'm coming back. I have some more work to do. Amen. And I thought that was a little ironic because um, just, I mean, everything that Jesus does is just has so much purpose behind it. And I'm always amazed when I go through the process of digging deep and I find out that, wow, <laughs> even the folding of a napkin had a purpose. Amen. I think about even in our lives when different things occur, a lot of times we think about they could be it could be something good or it could be something that's not so good. We just think about the thing. Well, what if we begin to stop looking at the thing and begin looking at the purpose behind it? Amen. That will give us a whole Amen. different on things in in life. And so I thought that was a little ironic in um in in the lesson, in the series of what um happened after um the resurrection. Amen. We do recall from last week that um, Jesus' resurrection had three significant points um, with his disciples, which was point number one. <clears throat> he had to uh, come back and give them instructions concerning the kingdom agenda and in understanding that the kingdom agenda is an agenda that is assigned to all those of us who have accepted him as Lord and have decided that we're going all the way with him. However excited they might have been about his return, about having him again in their presence, um, he has to give them some important information. Now, you would think, I would think personally, that after spending so much time with him, that they would just know him in such a way. But even... We think about our own selves, even as we spend our own personal time and our personal devotions and building ourselves up in our relationship with him, even in our relationship, we can find where some areas where we are not as uh, trusting as we possibly could be. You know, I can find a place in my life where I feel like I could be a little bit more trusting when certain situations occur in my life. Amen? Amen. 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 I just didn't want you to get too far uh, gone because somebody might be a little confused with that um, is not finished thing um, because he uttered the words, it is finished when he was on the cross. And some people might get um, get, get, get it mixed up with um, there's a contradiction there. There's no contradiction there. Um, the the far as far as our salvation and the things that he was hanging on the cross for, uh, that job was finished. Um, now, uh, um, when 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 Pastor Lynn was talking about the folding of the napkin, meaning that he's not finished, um, that's simply saying there's another n- another episode, another um, because when you when you're eating dinner. I like that, and you finish you finish your plate. That means that you're getting a second helping. You're going for round two. So what 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 he was really saying there is is round two now. Amen. Amen. So I didn't want nobody Amen. to go away and think that there was a contradiction there. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And even with that um, with that round two part, it's just it's not. Um, like Pastor said, it was the work when he said it's finished on the cross. That was the finished work for that part of his assignment. The next part of his assignment was the um, preparing the people to receive the Comforter. So that part, that was the next part. You know, his his, his assignment wasn't complete until they understood that the Comforter was coming. They understood that I have something else for you. You know, and so. Um, the completeness is when the comforter comes, but he had to instruct them and prepare them for that part. The time that the disciples walked with him up until the cross, he was preparing them 
um, he was teaching them how to do the works that he had for them to do at that time, but he also was preparing them for his demise, for his end, for the day that he was going to the cross, because he often talked about it with them, okay? So even when they got there, they still were not prepared for it, because, I mean, just think about it, in our human nature, who wants to lose someone that they love or they care about? None of us do. So, but in the meantime, he prepared, he was still preparing them for it. So now he's preparing them for the next phase. And so the the um it's not finished in that and with the folding of the cloth it's preparing for the next stage of what has to occur to complete the work that he was assigned to do for he, us here on earth. Amen. Amen. So, are there any questions? No. Any thoughts before we move on? I want to go too fast because I think I was, might have gone too fast on last week, so I want to slow down and make sure everybody gets to digest what you Amen. 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 Sorry, I'd be a little excited. <laughs> Amen. Um, again, as he talked about the kingdom work, he talked about the suffering that um, we would have to endure um, for preaching the gospel. You know, and we all are fully aware of that. Um, we know that when we um, share the gospel, when we share the word of God with others, um, sometimes it comes with some some challenges. It comes with some some backlash. And um, I thought about how sometimes we share with other people, and they may come off uh, a little sour with us about it. And you, we feel like, man, I was just trying to help you out. But that's just a part of the backlash that sometimes we as believers will receive for um, the gospel sake. Um, we have to understand that just as everybody did not accept Jesus and his word, they're not going to accept us as we share his word. Amen. So we have to just be mindful of um, The second purpose of um, Jesus' time here on earth during the 40 days was to command the disciples. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. Um, That was important because the promise, of course, was um, the Holy Ghost. But if they had moved from where they were and went somewhere else, because now, mind you, let me say this. I want to believe, I'm led to believe that at this point, the disciples, before Jesus, before they actually saw Jesus, they were afraid, okay, because their Lord and Savior had been crucified. Um, they saw this. They were probably running scared because if they did that to him, what will they do to us, okay? So their human man, their natural man was afraid of what could possibly happen to them, um, speaking of being crucified or being killed just as our Lord and Savior was killed. And so um, he instructed them to just stay where you are. Sometimes God wants us to not move. And as believers, sometimes we get in a hurry because we want to fix things. We want to get things right. We want to get things done. We have assignments in our mind, not assignments that are necessarily given to us by God, but we have assignments in our mind, and we know what it is we want to do, and we're on our way. We're trying to get it done. But sometimes God just wants us to wait. Uh, Reminded of the scripture that says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Sometimes God just wants us to Wait. So he he told them not to move. Wait here for the promise. Don't go anywhere because if you move, you're going to miss it. Um, have you ever um, heard God tell you to do something and you decided you wanted to do, go in the direction that you wanted to go in, and then going in that direction, you find yourself that you kind of cause yourself to be slighted? because you did not wait on God. I know people who have married um, the wrong person because they wanted to be married so desperately, they just went out and got the first person that said, uh, will you marry me? And they said, I do. You know, they did not wait on the Lord. People who have gotten the wrong jobs, I'm guilty of that. Um, The Lord placed me in a particular job and A friend of mine came and told me, girl, you need to come over here to this school. They got books. They got this. They have this. They have that. And uh, we had had a lot of challenges at at the previous school. And I was like, you know what? I'm gone. 
I jumped ship. I ran over to that new school, and my life was a living hell the entire time I was there. You know, and there was times when I came to realize that I did not wait on God. I made the decision to go where I wanted to go. I made the decision to do what I thought I wanted to do, and as a consequence, I paid for it. So we have to be careful that we wait on God. Now, that's not to say that during that time um, I didn't have some blessing. I, I mean, God still kept me. I had some blessed times, but I just imagined that if I had waited on him and allowed him to take me to the next place, I would have had a lot, I would have been a lot more comfortable. I would have had a lot less stress and agony waiting on God than I did going on my own steps. Amen? Amen. Acts 1 and 3, if someone could get Acts 1 and 3. When you have it, someone can read it. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Okay. Um, it was something also that I found as I was um, studying this lesson is that Jesus appeared to women. He, he made himself known in the presence of women, and that was important because during biblical times, women were thought of as the lowly people. Um, they were thought of as um, they were often looked over. They were often um, considered like second-class citizens. But he appeared to um, Mary Magdalene, and um, she was convinced when she when he spoke to her. I remember Pastor talked about this yesterday. When he called her name and she, he said something to her, she was already convinced. She didn't have to touch him. She didn't have to do anything. She, would, she wanted to because the natural human instinct is to hug or to embrace someone that you feel like you've lost. But he instantly told her to go and tell others. Um, I just think that women have a very uh, significant role in the kingdom mission because I don't think we are as hard to convince of the trueness of God as sometimes men can be. Um, it doesn't take a whole lot to convince us. God can do a couple of things in our life, and we're convinced that he's God. But sometimes with the men, they have to do a few more things. He may have to take them through a little tough, rougher area to get that confidence in them that he is God. Um, but women, is not as hard. However, because women were looked over and thought of as second-class citizens, it says to me, that God, God, even after being raised from the dead, he still looked first to the downtrodden. He still had his mind for it. He, so he's not, you know, God is not a, a respecter of person. So he's not uh, 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 caught up with the, the people that have the status. He's not caught up with the people that have the names or the titles. And I, I think that's a, a good point to, to just rest in that area to say that God cares about everyone. He's concerned about us. He's concerned about those who are downtrodden. He's concerned about those who are outdoors, who are hurting. God bless you. He's concerned about those that are struggling, you know. And if nothing else, when we witness to other people, that's one of the number one things we can share is God cares about you. And he cares about you right where you are. A lot of times I hear people mm-hmm. saying, well, I got to get myself together. I'm going to come to church. When I get myself, you can't get yourself together. If you could, you wouldn't need God. Amen? <laughs> we can make it without mm-hmm. We can get ourselves together. But we can't get ourselves together. So, therefore, that's why we have to come to where he is, and we have to get ourselves in a position where we're building a relationship with him so that we can be nurtured by him. Amen? Um, any thoughts before I go on? Um, later, Jesus appeared to some of his um, followers, and he walked with them, and they didn't even know who he was. <laughs> He's walking with them from Jerusalem um, to Emmaus, to the town of Emmaus. 
and they were conversing with him. They were having conversations with him. They were just talking, and um, no doubt I just would want to think that they probably were some friendly gentlemen. And so a person walked up and started talking with them, and they continued to just have conversation with um, Jesus and did not realize who they were talking to. Uh, and I, I think that's a, a good, a good, another good point that we can, or characteristic that we can seek to have is just to have a good, friendly relationship with others. So that um, that's a, a, a tactic that we can utilize to help win others to Christ. Um, had an experience on a few days ago with a young lady um, who's a believer, and her belief system is so hard and so rigid that often um, she comes off as pretty judgmental in her her action. And so we're trying to win people to Christ. But if we're standing in judgment and we're being harsh and we're being brutal and we are not accepting people for where they are and praying and helping to build them up from that place to the next place, then we're not doing our job. Amen. We're not doing kingdom work. We're doing our work. And so we have to be careful that we don't want to do our assignment. We want God's assignment to go forth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, any thoughts before I move on? The Bible says that he opens up our minds fully to grasp the meanings of the scripture, and he says to them, in this way it is written that Christ would suffer and rise from among the dead on the third day, and on the basis of his name, repentance for forgiveness of sins would be preached in all nations. Starting out from Jerusalem, you are to be witnesses of these things. And so that was one of the main reasons why they couldn't, they couldn't move from that place again because that was a part of the fulfillment of the scripture that had already been written, okay? So if they had left Jerusalem, and, and like I say, and the reason why I would think that they wanted to leave is that they were probably afraid, again, of what they had already experienced with Christ, um, Jesus on the cross. So he, he, he instructed them, he encouraged them, and he told them how important it was for them to stay in this place so that, if nothing else, so that the scripture could be fulfilled, okay? He says, wait here until you receive power from on high, okay? And if you remember, there's a verse of scripture that talks about that he's going to leave us a comforter. I won't leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you a comforter, okay? And that, is, that comforter is, in the, is the Holy Spirit which will lead us and guide us to all truths, okay? So if they had moved on, they would have missed this opportunity. They would have um, probably messed up. <laughs> they messed up uh, something terribly um, in what the scriptures had stated, what the scripture had stated was to occur. Um, again, thinking back to my own life and jumping out of the, I feel like uh, the old people jumping out of the skillet into the frying pan, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about you, about anybody else, if you've ever jumped out of the skillet and find yourself in the frying pan, that could be a hard place to be in. Amen? And so it's important for us to follow and obey that which God has given us. Moving on to our third point or third purpose. The third um, purpose that um, Jesus was here one of the first purpose again was to instruct them about the kingdom and the kingdom assignment. And the second purpose was to command them not to depart, not to leave Jerusalem, to wait there for the promise. And the third uh, purpose was to correct some misunderstanding. Okay. Um, therefore, when they come to had come together, they asked him, saying, "Lord, will you this time restore the kingdom of Israel?" This is from Acts one and six. Um, Again, looking at things, the disciples looking at things from a natural point of view, looking at things from a humanistic side of things. Are you going to restore um, the kingdom of Israel? Are you going to put things back together? Are you, you know, and they think about um, when, you, when I read, read this, I'm, I'm thinking about how 
when we had um, who's that? Puerto Rico. What is it having for me? Just uh, um, tornado. Tornado or hurricane or something. Whatever happened, hurricane in uh, Puerto Rico. And I, when I think about when I think about that verse of scripture, I think about that idea that they asked him, "Are you going to put it back together?" Like Puerto Rico was tore up. Are you going to put it back together so that the city is again livable for the people? And so they're looking at it, the restoration of the kingdom, to be that type of <laughs> that type of idea or that type of thing. And um, Jesus was like, "No, that's not what this is about." <laughs> okay, that's not what it's about. And then he went on to, to, to remind them of it is not for you to know times and seasons which the Father has put his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we're looking for Jesus to do, they were looking for Jesus to do a humanistic restoration, put things back together in the natural, but his, his the restoration that he was doing was a spiritual restoration, okay? And they're looking for um, not only the humanistic side of it to, to occur, they, they're looking, uh, again, they're looking from the human side, and they're looking for Jesus to, you know, just have some buildings built and have the kingdom put back in a man-made order. He said, it's not for you to know. He said, I'm going to put it back together, but it's going to be put together in a spiritual manner. And as it comes together, it's going to spiritually come together for everybody that believes. Everybody. They, we don't know the time or the season when it's going to occur, but it shall come to pass, and we can bank on that. <laughs> and as believers, that's what we have to be able to do, is stand on God's word and trust that whatever his word says, that it is going to come to pass. Um, he says, heaven and earth will pass away before my word uh, fail. Thank you. And so we can we can bank on that. We can count on it. We don't have to second guess it. We don't have to think about it in no other kind of way. Um, something that your brother may tell you may not come out to be true. It may not pan out to happen. But you can guarantee whatever God tells you, whatever his word tells us, it will come to Pass. Amen. Amen. Uh, the assignment that he gave us, and he gave the disciples the third purpose in that assignment was to go into the entire world, preach the gospel to every creature, and he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Okay, he who does not believe will be condemned, and that's it. That's all. That's the end of the, the whole conversation. So as he continued to travel and he continued to spend time with the the disciples, um, encouraging them, directing them, instructing them, commanding them, proving to them that he was still um, that he was actually the resurrected Christ. When he spoke to Doubt and Thomas, he had to prove to him that he was the resurrected Christ. You know, you can put your hands here in my hands and put your hand here in my side, touch and see. You know, I'm real, the holes in my hands and the holes in my side. You know, he said, but blessed is those that have not seen and believe, which he's talking about us. We have not seen the holes in his hand or the crown of thorns where the thorns was in his head. We didn't see those things, but we believe, and we're blessed because we uh, believe. And now our assignment is to go. And tell somebody else. Now think about yourself. Since, even since last week's lesson, how many people have we told about the resurrected Savior? How many people have we shown grace, compassion, and love? Some people you can don't. You may not necessarily physically tell them with words out of your mouth, but you demonstrate such a love to them that they're curious about the Jesus that you serve. It's important for us as believers to get on our job. I was listening to Pastor Ford this afternoon, and as I was listening to him, he was talking about sometimes we as, as a church, we get so caught up in rules and regulations of church that we forget the key thing to church and, and, and being a kingdom kid is relationship. 
building relationship, building our relationship with the Father. But as we build our relationship with the Father, we're able to extend that relationship to those that are unsaved. We're able to extend love. We're able to extend mercy. We're able to extend grace. And when we extend it, I feel like personally we need to go an extra step further than what he does for us. Because if we look at our own lives, all of us have some areas in our lives where we need some super-duper extra grace and mercy because we all sin and come short of the glory. Now, just because your sin is not an open sin that you share and everybody sees per se, we all sin. And one thing about God in the sight of God, sin is just sin. There's no big sin and there's no little sin. Amen? Jesus spent 40 days here with his disciples, teaching them, instructing them, encouraging them, directing them. Those, those, um, the work that he did during that time is the message that he gives to us today. He wants us to realize that uh, it's all about the kingdom, okay? And the kingdom message is going to cause us to be persecuted, not loved, not liked, but it's okay because it's not about us. It's about the kingdom. Um, he wants us to stand still and wait on him. When you seek his face and you're praying, wait until he gives you the answer. Wait until what he wants you to do is clear to you. Wait for his will to be clear, his directions to be clear, because he will give us directions. He will give us um, the word that we need to understand to be able to move to where it is he wants us to go. And finally, he wants us to go and tell somebody else. He wants us to help bring others into the kingdom. We're not saved just to be saved on our own, to just sit on our stools and do nothing and say, oh, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. I don't know about nobody else. I got my business in order. But we are saved to help others get their business in order. I don't know about you, but I always say, I've said this before, is wouldn't it be nice if everybody on your block was on their way to heaven? What a peaceful place we would be able to live in. We wouldn't have to worry about all the violence, the shooting, and all the other things that occur in our community. But then just what, think about it. If you shared the word with one coworker, and that one coworker got excited and shared with one coworker, and that one coworker got excited, and after a while it's like a fire. After a while, even your workplace will be saved. Everybody have a different attitude even in the workplace. And so it doesn't take much. But it does take effort. It takes for us to make a step. It takes for us to get out and do what we need to do and not be um, selfish. Um, I spoke to someone on, on today. I said, God gives us 365 days a year. How many of those days do we actually spend time witnessing to others? 365 days. If we could keep a, if you could keep a calendar, a personal calendar of yourself, and just see how many people you share the gospel with in the course of one week, I wonder what our calendars would look like. It's important, and not just share with with believers, not just share with believers, but share with non-believers. Share with people that don't look like us. Share with people that don't talk like us. Share with people that don't act like us. Um, uh, it was great. Pastor gave us these cards to, to share with others. That's a form of witnessing. That's a form of sharing the gospel. That's a form of getting the word out. Um, I remember when some years ago when we lived in Chicago in the city, and uh, I would, I don't know why we didn't have a car. We we, messed, we only had one car or something, whatever it was. I was riding the bus, needless to say. And I don't know what, why I was getting prepared to go to one of my work sites. And as I was getting prepared to go to my work site, um, the Lord placed in my heart, I don't know why we had all these candy bars, but we had these candy bars. And were we in Noah? No, I remember being on 95th. Were we standing in Noah? 
Okay, we might have been, Pastor said we were living in Linwood. I don't remember. But the Lord placed on my heart to take this box of candy bars that we had, and I wrote messages, and I taped them to the candy bars. And it was just, smile, God loves you. Just a little encouraging, anything that came to my mind. I wrote it on a piece of paper, and I taped it to the candy bar. And when I got on the bus, people that I saw, I just gave them candy. I just gave them candy. And people were like, oh, you want, oh, oh no, thank you, I don't want to. Uh, you want a dollar? The people tried to pay me, and I wouldn't take money for that candy. And I, I just thought about even then I was the overwhelming joy that I had. I don't know if the people was excited or not, but I could still feel that overwhelming joy that I had that day in sharing. And I was sharing the gospel without using my words. I was sharing the gospel without having to have a conversation. Now, there were some people that after I gave them the candy bar, the uh, it started a conversation, which was a segue for us to be able to begin to talk about the Lord, but um, even with that, I remember one person in particular I gave was a young lady. I gave her the candy bar, and she came back. She was sitting on the back of the bus. She came back up to the front where I was, and she said, thank you so much. I really was having a bad day. And I was like, wow, to God be the glory. It wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of anything that I did. It was, I wasn't even smart enough to even come up with that idea. But God will give us a holy boldness, and he'll give us innovative ideas to share with others. It's important for us to share. We cannot do this kingdom assignment by ourselves. We need some help. Um, I remember back in the old days when when, um, people used to have rent parties. They got to the point they couldn't pay pay their rent. They have a rent party. Or they invite people to come over and help them to pay their rent. They play cards or whatever they would do, but they had what was called a rent party. They found, they figured out in their own mind, I need some help. I know some people that can help me. And they didn't want to ask one person to loan, loan them no sum of money. They had a rent party, which was a card party, and people who came to the card party, their money that they have, they just divvied it up. But they helped them get their rent paid. Okay, they charged at the door, whatever they did, but they helped them to get their rent paid. We got to be more, uh, what, what word I want to use? We got to be more innovative. We got to be more aggressive about getting this kingdom message out. We are, you know, we're constantly innovative with all of this negativity and all this other level of insanity. Um, so much is even happening. And I'm talking about right in the church. There's so much happening. Uh, pastors feuding with each other all on social media. You know, it, it's sad. You know, and so with with that kind of stuff occurring, if I wasn't saved, I probably wouldn't go to church. But we have to convince people that it's beyond that and convince people Amen. that that may be happening. We may see pastors feuding on, on social media. I want you to know they're human beings too, and they have problems too, and they have to get their situations together. But Jesus is Lord, and he wants to love you right where you are. He wants to bring you up. He wants to encourage you. He wants a relationship with you. Just as I said earlier, he, he appeared to the women, to the women first because he is concerned about the lowly, the downtrodden. He is concerned about these people. But they have to know that somebody is concerned about them. Amen? And we have to love them to a point where we can show them and demonstrate the love of Christ in their, to their, in their lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, any thoughts or ideas before I move on? Any testimonies anybody would like to share? Well, I just wanted to say one thing. Um, since ain't nobody else gonna say nothing. Uh, one of the one of the things that uh, as you're talking, I think Jesus, when he came, uh, walked the earth for forty days after his um, his uh, resurrection. Uh, one of the things is he took the disciples and they became apostles, but most of all, he made the gospel. Um, theirs. Mm. He, 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 
he, he gave them ownership mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the gospel. And that's what we need to do today is take take ownership of it, uh, pride, um, because I, I'm a king's kid. Mm-hmm. I'm a part of this. That's right. And any time you are bought into a situation, you have bought into a situation, um, the, the, the financial people say you got skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus was trying to tell the disciples. Y'all been with me three years. Y'all, y'all done walked with me. Y'all done, y'all done seen things happen. Y'all got skin in the game. You know, if, if it go bad now, um, know, know that y'all going to look bad too. <laughs> Amen. And I told somebody the other day mm-hmm. that I'd I rather be wrong about Jesus Christ mm-hmm. than to be right um, uh, I, I'd rather be wrong that he is alive mm-hmm. than to be right and, and um, go to hell. Amen. Amen. Um, if, if you could understand mm-hmm. it, when people say that, that Jesus don't live, he's not alive, people, people denounce Jesus. So if, if, and they, in their eyesight, I'd rather be wrong. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. I'd rather be wrong and go to heaven than to be right and go to hell. Amen. In their eyesight. But we you know we know without a shadow of a doubt because we, we, we believe Amen. that he is alive. We believe that he's still sitting at the right hand of the Father. Amen. Making intercessions for us. Amen. Our public defender. Go ahead. Amen. 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 You're absolutely right. He is right there making intercessions for us. Um you were talking about having skin in the game. Um, that's important. I, I thought about um, various organizations um, such as uh, sororities and different clubs. When people have skin in the game, they all they sold out. Okay, you know it because they they gonna wear the colors. Um, it's a young lady um, on my job right now. She's a AKA one of the uh, sororities, and man, she is sold out every day. She has on their colors. Every day they, they wear pink and green and they wear pearls. Every day, no matter what she have on, she got on a neck full of pearls. She has a jacket. She has everything. I mean, every time you see her, you literally know who she's who she her allegiance is to. Can the world see the same allegiance in us to God? Amen. And if if the world if we're not showing that same allegiance then that means we need to up our game. So again, we got skin in the game. God didn't just give, he didn't just leave us um, here and, and allow us to be able to have eternal life, but he gave us authority to do greater works. You know, when God, even if we go all the way back to the beginning of time, when God <laughs> spoke, when God created man, he empowered us with his spirit. So, I mean, we have the power to speak and cause yeah. things to change. So, I mean, we, we got skin in the game, but do we really realize we got skin in the game? Do we realize what we carry? Do we realize who we really are and whose we are? You know? Well, that's one one of the things Jesus said, if any man going to follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and then follow me. Um, we're saying that I got skin in the game now. I'm denying myself, and I'm gonna. I got a cross that I'm gonna be crucified. I might not be crucified physically, but I'm gonna be crucified because I got this cross that I'm carrying. Amen. I got skin Amen. in the game. Amen. 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 So again, Amen. we want to add, we want to adhere to um, the three main purposes that um, Jesus came that Jesus was on earth for 40 days um, after the resurrection, and that was to command his, his disciples to instruct them about the kingdom and to um, wait, you know, give them the, the command to not go anywhere but to wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon them. Because then after that, you think you had power, you're going to now have the, the true power that is being left to you to really be able to carry out the commandments and the, the responsibility of being um, a part of the kingdom. Um, thinking about how you, if you have a job, 
such as, and I always talk about police officers because that's one of the jobs that's really hazardous and they have to carry and wear so much equipment in their job. You think about a police officer going to work without his equipment, going to work without his tools. Um, he work, he's almost worthless, you know, because they, trust me, in today's time, most of the criminals already have guns. So if you don't have your bulletproof vest on and your gun, officer, you may be in trouble because you're going to get yeah. shot down. However, as believers, the Holy Spirit is just like that. That's our our power. That's our, our Those are our tools. He's our tool to give us the strength to be able and the courage and the wisdom to be able to do what it is God has left for us to do, and that is to go and to command and to instruct others of God's way. Um, so we got our, we got the tool we left before us, but do we wear our uniform? Do we wear our protective vest? Do we wear our helmet? Do we carry our sword? You know, is it in our mouth? Is it in our or is it, is it just on the shelf? Is it just collecting dust until the next Sunday when it's time to go to church again? You know, are we being most effective in the kingdom? Amen. Amen. Important Amen. for us to be in the kingdom. Any thoughts or questions before we move on? Y'all are extremely quiet class. I wish I could get my students to be this quiet. Probably get a lot more comfort. <laughs> Amen. All right. Pastor? Have nothing else to share about the skin in the game. Amen. Amen. So again, as believers, it's important for us to understand um, the forty days that Jesus was here. He appeared various times to the disciples, um, instructing them, leading them, and guiding them. That one time he met them, they were out fishing. Another time he they were walking. A couple of them were walking um, up the road to Emmaus. He he met them there. Um, I think altogether there was a total of about 12 different times that he appeared with them um, in their presence. One time I think even they were eating that he, um, yeah, they had a fish fry, and um, Jesus showed up at the fish fry. So, um, again, that was there to encourage them to let them know that um, what he said was going to happen did happen. And it is true, and it has come to pass. I'm here. They, I said, if they destroy this body in three days, I'll rise it and raise up. It, I will raise it up. Amen. <laughs> and and it, and it mm-hmm. happened that in three days he did rise um, from the grave um, to complete the work that his father had for him in preparing the disciples. And, and even as Pastor said, they were no longer disciples. They became apostles, you know. So his, he, he empowered them. His his resurrection time on earth with them, he empowered them. Um, again, just as he's empowered them, he's empowering us to be able to do the work that he has left for us to do. Amen. He tells us, Lord, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. And so his word, again, is true. He will always be with us. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Um, I thank everybody for joining in with us on tonight. I pray that you um, got some good information. I pray that you were encouraged and empowered to go out and make a conscious effort to share the gospel in some form with others. Um, Pray and ask God for innovative ways. I know all of us are not talkers. All of us are not want to just necessarily communicate. We don't want to be mean and aggressive about it, but we want to be loving in the way we share. So ask God for wisdom and directions on how to be a better witness. Um, I want to challenge everybody um, from now until... um, Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost is 50 days after Easter. 
now until and what what you know what day that Sunday that's on? It's the second Sunday in June, I believe it is. Okay, I think it's the second Sunday in June. I'll know for sure Sunday because I'll look it up and and let you know. But um, I want to I want to challenge everybody to go and find somebody to bring to the kingdom, even if they don't come to missionaries for Christ. Um, someone that you share the gospel with, be able to have a testimony to talk about that individual and your sharing of the gospel with that individual. Amen. 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 Let us close out out with a word of prayer. God, we thank you and we praise you. Father, we magnify and glorify your name. Lord, we thank you for this time of fellowship. Lord, even as we have studied this lesson, uh, your son has done, it occurred during his um, 40 days here on earth. We hear the message that you are saying to us, that you're speaking to us on today, and that is to go and share the word, share the gospel, encourage others to become a part of the family of Christ. God, asking that you would give us a boldness, give us innovative and creative ideas on how to witness to others, and then bless us, O oh God. Allow us to understand the joy of being able to share your gospel, asking, O God, that you will bless each and every member of Missionaries for Christ. Father God, we're praying for our pastor, asking that you would encourage him, uplift him, and empower him as we continue to do kingdom work. In the master's name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Good evening, everybody. Everybody have a good night. God bless you and our prayer. Remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Amen. God bless you, too. God bless you also. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.